Hey, are you in a praising kind of mood? You know, let, let's keep that music going. Are you in a, like a praising mood this afternoon? I mean, we don't want a sleepy Sunday afternoon service in any way, do we? Amen? We don't need any sort of that. Why don't we just play that tune again? That's a great tune, isn't it? Istakan, you're just leading it well. How many of you want to see a bass solo from uh, Jordan here? Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's just get it going here. And uh, yeah, on you go, Jordan. Let's give us some sort of... Come on, put your hands together. The Bible says, praise the Lord on the stringed instruments. So why don't you praise the Lord, Jordan? Okay, let's go drum solo. The Bible says, praise him on the loud cymbals. Now, 
think if you shouted loud enough, we could have a keyboard solo? don't you? Come on, lead that song for us if you can. It's Sunday afternoon, party time. Is there anybody in here that's got a dance in their spirit? Um, Andrew, why don't you just um, tell everybody, how did you journey towards faith? Uh, what was your, you know, your road to being a Christian? How did you get, get right. there? Um, it was interesting. Uh, when I was at university, um, I, was, I knew how to argue with people. And um, I was, I had a, I've got an interesting way of um, speaking to people and, and seeing things. So um, my friends actually who were being... Um, evangelized. They said, oh, we've got a friend called Andrew and he'll destroy your arguments. Right. So um, I used to go to Brunel University now and again and just destroy Christian arguments. And um, <laughs> one day I was in central London and um, I, I, I was coming back from doing some ungodly activity, I'm sure. And I'm on the train and I hear a voice and the, the voice says, you don't have to live like this anymore. Well, like in your spirit or in your I, head? I didn't know where it was coming from. I looked to the guy to my left. It wasn't him. And, um, <laughs> and, and I started pondering at like how I was living. And I thought to myself, okay, that's interesting. What's going on here? And um, a couple of months went on. I was just asking different questions to different people. And um, eventually one day I was, I was on YouTube. I don't know how. And I was listening to a preacher. I don't even know his name anymore. And It wasn't me, was it? It wasn't you. Uh, okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure it wasn't you. Um, and he shared this thing called the gospel and I heard it and I just broke down in tears and I said that's what I'm looking for this is the truth and I remember as soon as I gave my life to Christ um, in like a pool of tears in my in my bedroom I remembered saying so Noah's Ark is real then <laughs> I remember it was, it was it's an interesting thought I just thought to myself well this was real because like I had a Roman Catholic upbringing and so I was familiar with Bible stories and things like that. And it was so interesting. When I came to Christ, I recognized it as real, which made me think, what did I think it was before? But anyway, so yeah. like things started to, to shape. And um, yeah, that's kind of like how I came to Christ. That's an amazing thing. So like you just kind of heard something in your spirit that said, you don't have to live this way anymore. And you know, when Andrew says he heard the gospel, the word gospel means good news, it means God's story and God's story is that he loves us and today I want to say to every one of you here I'm going to be ministering about God's love later on but God loves you but but we have a problem we've we've kind of in our thoughts in our actions not none of us have been perfect but Christ comes in the cross to say I will pay for you isn't that amazing? That God doesn't say, come and do things for me. 
I've, I've, traveled, I've traveled around the world and, you know, uh, I was in India and uh, there was a village in which the villagers, and, and by the way, I'm not saying this in a patronizing way or looking down on them. Um, they worshipped a snake god that wanted offerings to keep him happy. God doesn't say that. He says, I don't want you to keep me happy. I'm going to pay for you so that you can come to me. And then the big question mark is, will you respond? And that's, that's the gospel. And if you're here today and you're not sure whether you are a, a Christian, when Andrew says the, the question, do you really want to live that way? Perhaps that's a question that God might press into your heart. So, strangely, so we found out that Andrew, he went to university. <laughs> Brunel University, one of the top universities in the country. Amazing, isn't that? You know, this is not some, you know, not smart person here. How did you find your way into Katie being the children's pastor then, from this kind of debating university person? The funny thing is I didn't go to Brunel at that time. I just came to just... Oh, you just went to Brunel to cause trouble? Yeah, okay, I'm sure, yeah. Okay. Um, I went to Hertfordshire, then I went to Roehampton, and I eventually done my PGCE in Brunel, actually. Okay, I, so I you did go there. to Brunel? Eventually, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. okay, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how did I get to KT? That's the funny one. Um, yeah, so, what, was, what was your kind of route into being a children's pastor? So I was, I was, um, I was doing, like, a, a teaching course in the, in the secondary school that I was in, and... I was sitting there and I thought to myself, I just don't want to go down. If I start, if I continue teaching, I'm going to remain a teacher. And I, there was such a desire to share the gospel with young people. It wasn't just secondary school aged kids, but it was just young people in general. And I thought to myself, like, I was listening to a lot of the rules that, that were being implemented on teachers. You can't really share the gospel that freely as a teacher in, in in secondary schools, and I thought to myself, I don't think I could survive. So I had to, I came up with a, with a plan, and I thought, literally, this is all whilst I'm supposed to be listening to a teacher. And um, I had to devise a plan, and the plan was, okay, I've got Nigerian parents, and I need to have a reason for stopping. So the reason was, okay, I'm going to have my own mentoring company. I, I didn't really get it. You've got Nigerian parents. What yeah. does that mean, Andrew? Right. It's, Do you, it's a loaded being, statement. Am no. I being culturally insensitive here? Yes. I am. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, my, my parents, um, they're big on education. They're big on knowing the reason why you do what you do. And if by, you don't... By the way, Andrew's parents, if you're watching today, he loves you. Okay? <laughs> yeah, they know. They, well, she knows. Um, <laughs> So yeah, if, um, if you don't know what you're going to do in life, do what we say. And um, so I had to have a reason ready. Um, nice. So the reason was, okay, yeah, I'm going I'm to do mentoring on a mental young kids. I'm going to set up my own business. It sounded crazy. And my mom found out, my dad passed away a couple of years before that. Okay. My mom found out and she said, this isn't good. So then she sneakily rang my aunties from all over the world. And they coincidentally phoned me to see how I was doing and to change my mind. And I didn't. And yeah, so I was a bit of a black sheep of the family for that season. And then, um, long story short, I met like four people in one week who all went to KT. So like, for example, um, um, I was, my girlfriend in second, secondary school in like college, she was born again. So um, I told her, yeah, I'm born again now. And she, she said to me, and I quote, wow, God really is good. <laughs> if, if he's brought you to Christ. So um so yeah, and I asked her where she went. She said she used to go KT. Everybody used to go KT. So I said, okay, that's it. Enough of this KT business. Let me just go down there. I went to KT um, and I started going. I remember Pastor Eddie was here on a prayer morning and he said to me, um, he was just looking at me and he, was, he, he, just, he said, the prodigals have returned. And I knew what he was talking about. I knew he was talking about me. And in that moment, I thought, okay, fine. KT is going to be my church. Yeah. And then actually becoming a leader, there was one day about six months, seven months into like being a KT like, member, I heard the Holy Spirit say, look at the back of the Revival Times. Now, to me, that was a big thing because I didn't look at the back of the Revival Times. I, I opened it up in the middle to see what the plan was for the month. 
closed it, I'm gone. You mean that you didn't read the Revival Times from cover to cover? How many of you here read the Revival Times from cover to cover? Just let me just see your hands. Shame the devil. Not many people, actually. You mean my articles that are dripping with wisdom, you're not pouring over them. Anyway, carry on, Andrew. Carry on with your story. Right, so... Um... So yeah, the Holy Spirit was like, um, you know, just go to the back. And, and so I saw like children's leader. And I thought, that's interesting, children's leader. And like, it had like five points. And I said, four of the points I can do. This pastoral thing, I don't know what that is. Um, right. So like a week or two later, the Holy Spirit again said, no, apply. So I was like, oh, fine, apply. So I applied, I had a dream. And, and I think I met Jesus in my dream. And wow. he said to me, um, this is where I want you to be. You're going to get the job. So... I wake up from the dream, it was sell that day, so I ran to my cell and I told them, and they were like, who's this guy? You know, you don't get no dreams, you're not gonna get the job, you have no credentials at all. Yeah, very encouraging cell yeah, meeting right. there. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, I was able to stick my, my, uh, my, 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 my tongue out at them um, when I did get the job. Um, and it was interesting, so yeah, it was a children's leader position, and like a month or two months into that, they said, oh, by the way, you're the children's pastor. And I laughed because I said to myself, if that job spec thing at the back said children's pastor I wouldn't have applied right because there was never a desire to be a pastor leader I just thought no I'll assist kids but when they um when they said children's pastor I laughed because I said God you knew that was the only way you could rope me into this yeah yeah that's great like what's your if you had a, a worry for our kids well as our children's pastor what what would be something that, I, I know, worries the wrong word, but what would be one of your Christian concerns for our children? Right. There's many. Just one? Your most. Okay. Yeah. Most one important one, I would say, what's happening, on, what's happening in the homes. As a Christian leader, it's one thing being able to teach and, and convey the love of God in the brief amount of time that I have with them. But a lot of that work is constructed and, and sometimes destructed, um, deconstructed at homes. There seems to be a bit of a gap between what the Bible says and what Christianity, what we teach Christianity is to the reality of the Christian experience at home. And to me, that, that's upsetting. It's not a general truth, but there does seem to be a challenge between families growing in a union for spiritual purposes and that's that's a concern like it's one thing teaching the love of God but seeing experiencing touching the love of God is far more profound and has far more effects on a young person than than me teaching on the concepts of it yeah and if children had more of that uh, there would be less issues like we were talking this week weren't we and you were saying that we were had a great giants ministry of family ministry here and uh well, it tells your heart for that. You want to bring that back kind of thing, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, children's ministry, I just see as a supplement. We're here to try and help parents connect and help children know more about God. But the great thing about the family giant is that it, it's like the missing key. It, it kind of like connects more so parents or the, the, the idea of family. There's one thing ministering to a child, but when the families together being ministered to or, or, or seeking the Lord as a, as, a, as, as a family together, there's something so powerful about that. And it's hard sometimes because you're sitting down and you're listening and you've got different hats on. You're a mom, you're a dad, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're an uncle, you're an aunt, and you're, you're all these things. And it's hard sometimes to connect that message to, but what does what I'm hearing, how would that affect how I speak to or respond to my child when my child does something I really didn't want them to do? And, and, and sometimes having a platform where a family can hear and walk in the reality of that, that excites me so much. Yeah. And the family giant, I think, helps do that against the, the world of, of lies and darkness that families and young people are, are operating in. So watch this space, KT. We really want to re-envision our family ministry and so that it's more holistic and uh, that we are not just doing children's ministry. I really appreciate having a children's pastor that cares about the family, don't you? You know, that he's not just saying, hey, I just want to do my thing for the kids. 
Uh, Andrew, how do you keep yourself close to God? I didn't, someone just laughed there. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they're laughing say, are you close to God? Yeah, um, consistency is definitely a challenge, but um, when I am, like what do I do is, there's quite a few things. Um, a routine, and it's not a routine in terms of what I do, but it's just a routine, a routine to give time to God. Right, so I think that's really key. So I woke up at a ridiculous time you don't want to know um, when I can, and I do that, and, and that's my connecting time, and that's my reflecting time, that's my emptying time, that's my filling time, and 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 yeah, so I do that. Um, situations, circumstances, what people say, the needs of the children, the needs of my family, the needs of the ministry, there's things that I see are prayer points. Um, and for me, how I use a prayer point, they're, they're literally a, a reason to spend time with God. Um, right. So I kind of like take all the things that I'm observing and all the needs, all my I can't do that is a moment where I can say, but I, I know a God who can. And, and crazy stuff encourages me to say, you know, I can't do it by myself. Like I don't have the, the mentality, the understanding to do that. But when I am... When I spend time with God and I'm ministering to someone, some of the stuff that flows out of me sometimes is like, well, I didn't, I didn't study that anywhere. Great. You know, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of like what I do. I just do life. I try to do life with God. I try to be as organized as I can and kind of use life circumstances to encourage me to spend more time with him. It's great. Quick fire round. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Favorite worship song? Yahweh. Yahweh? Yep. Okay. By our worship team or the other one? Um, by our worship team. Okay. Well done. Oh, that was the right answer. Yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Okay. Chips or rice? Chips. We're really getting to know you, Andrew. <laughs> you have to be clear what type of rice. Ah, Jedlof okay. Rice. Mm. I have got in so much trouble earlier with the Ghanaian fellowship saying that, you know, the Nigerians told me that their jollof rice was better than the Ghanaian jollof mm. rice. Mm. I think, mm. you know, I just preached on unity and then undid mm. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I've got an interesting story there if you want. Yeah, sure. So my mom cooks jollof rice and, you know, it's my mom. And I've got one of the aunties here who cooks jollof rice as well. And, and it's I, your auntie. And it's my aunt, right? So my mom saw the Ghanaian jollof rice in the kitchen and she was like, she got really like, well, who was this? Who's been cooking for you? It's like a rice off. <laughs> yeah, it was a rice off. <laughs> so what I done is I put the Nigerian jollof rice and the Ghanaian rice together and I said, are you happy now? So yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. You yeah. put the two rices together. Yeah. You know what? That's real unity. That's, That's what I'm unity talking about. Right That's there. what I'm talking about. Andrew, you should have preached instead of me this morning because <laughs> that's, that's unity right there. <laughs> what do you find as one of your biggest challenges, um, like Christian life-wise, ministry-wise? Yeah. What, what's one of your biggest challenges? One of my biggest challenges is forgiveness. You know, okay. um, it's been something that has... Ha it affected me significantly um, in the past. Forgiveness of myself, forgiveness of others was, was a challenge and it's definitely not as big of a challenge. But sometimes it's the, it's the you can forgive, but it's like you have to keep on forgiving. It's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so forgiveness has been a, a big thing, like a big issue happened in my past and it affected me in, into my current and like, so yeah, forgiveness is definitely a challenge. You know, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable because I think most of us would say the same, wouldn't we? That it's difficult sometimes to forgive and it, and it kind of happens in layers, doesn't it, forgiveness? And one of the things, I don't know whether you found this, is with forgiveness, is when we forgive, we, we can sometimes feel like we're letting the other person off or agreeing with what they've done. And, and that's, that's the hard thing because you feel like well, actually, what you did was wrong. And for me to forgive you, I, it's like me saying that it was all right that you did that. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you felt? Or? 
Yeah, I mean, like, should I give you a bit more context? Yeah. Yeah, so um, when I was young, um, I was abused. I was abused by a family member, and it was a, it was a, it was a struggle. I must have repressed the memory. This must have happened when I was about five, six years old. And um, on top of that, I'm adopted as well. So, like, there's kind of like layers here in this story. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, and when I saw this particular woman, I, was, I didn't understand why I didn't like her. I couldn't be kind, I couldn't be nice. And I was, I was really wondering, what is that about? Like, what's happened? So I was speaking to the Lord one day, and I, I said to her, I know your Bible, the word says forgive, and I'm trying to forgive, but like, what's going on? And like a week later, um, I, was, I was spending time in the presence, and he revealed to me what happened. And I was like, oh, that's why I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and he, he spoke to me, and... He didn't just reveal, he spoke to me. He, he, he gave me an instruction of what to do in just a time of prayer. And um, he told me just to take communion. And after I took it, I'd be fine. It took me an hour and a half to take that communion. Not because it was so much, but because I realized, <laughs> I realized that if I ate it, if I, if I drank the blood, I ate the bread, out of I would let it go, and I realized, oh my God, I don't want to let go of my anger. So, eventually, time went went by, and um, in that time with the Lord, I consumed the communion, um, the communion, and I've been able to love this woman like with powerful love ever since. And um, and yeah, that was a miracle. I'm telling you that, and I was healing, and I was able to forgive. Wow. Somebody once said to me that when we don't forgive, we keep ourselves in their prison. You know, we, we let them govern us. And it's not that you're agreeing with what they're doing. You're just not letting what they've done govern you anymore. So forgiveness is the way forward. And Andrew, thank you so much for being vulnerable with us. And... Um, People who stand on platforms, sometimes everybody thinks that their past life has been just perfect and all of that. And thank you for teaching us that that's not the case. So what about the future, Andrew? What's your thoughts? Um, are we going to... I mean, uh, should we take a vote? Should we, should, we have, should we make Andrew into a reverend, do you think? Oh, I didn't get a bit of a vote. I then. know. It was like, yeah. It's the same corner. Yeah. What do yeah. you think? What, what do you think about your future? Where are you going? Um, yeah, it's, I think the, the next thing for me, yeah, is is to go down like you know, Elim MIT ministry stuff. Um, wow, brilliant. So yeah, that's there's that. There's lots of things really. Um, I hope Elam are watching this online. Yeah, that would be yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, that would be great. Um, I've always had a heart for, for signs and wonders. Um, God's used me in that. And it's like part of what I see to come is I really want to impact young people's lives so they can do, they can do church differently to, to how we traditionally do church. I want them to, to be able to understand that, you know, you can have a great time. You don't have to be so kind of like solemn and, and quiet and, and, you know, life in Christ is free, is exciting, is full of amazing things. You can hear the voice of God. You can walk in the love of God. And really, my heart is really for, for young people to, to walk with God and to, and to do church beautiful. in that reality. So, yeah. It's beautiful. Wow, that's just great, isn't it? I want to share a, a quick word about forgiveness. A quick word. So um, when I was sharing my testimony, um, something, like I said, happened, which was really significant. It was really big. And um, unforgiveness was something that I didn't know I was carrying, but it was manifesting in my anger, in my frustration, and lots of things I was doing, which was actually connected to it. And I, I realized, you know, the, the Bible says that, you know, to forgive. Yes, we know the Bible says that. And I was looking at scriptures about forgiveness. Yes. But for some reason, it just wasn't budging 
my attitude towards this particular person. And, and just in time, in general times of just unforgiveness, your attitude towards that person doesn't change. And in a in a really unusual way, we are functioning what by what I call the law of hate and vengeance. That they must get, you must get what they must get, the person who's hurt you, must get what they deserve. In other words, you're actually saying no mercy to them. And if I forgive, I agree with their actions. And that means, without you knowing, no grace. Now, one of the definitions of grace is unmerited favor, yes. But it's essentially, um, it's, 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 it's giving what is, giving good beyond what they deserve. They didn't deserve the good that you've given them. So forgiveness actually is part of grace. And grace is connected to love. So there's a saying that people say, you can't give what you don't have. If you're not walking in love, guess what? You're not going to forgive. And when I realized this, I thought to myself, wow, this is, okay, Lord, you're making me do like a Bible study on my own heart. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm ready for the change. I didn't like my angry behavior towards that particular person because they were a family member. Um, my behavior was, I realized that my behavior was connected to a mentality and the mentality was connected to an incident, what took place. I realized that in the presence of God, he gives us the ability and the power to face our fears and hurts. And if we don't come into the presence where we have the ability to successfully face our fears and hurts, I want you all to know that you are then agreeing to starve yourself from receiving God's love and healing for your life. So let's think of it this way. I want everyone just to close their eyes for a second. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to reveal to those who've closed their eyes people who have offended them. Pray that you just give them a picture of that face. Okay. Now, for those who've picked up someone straight away, praise God for that. That particular person, you can open your eyes now. That particular person has caused you grief, has caused you some type of offense. There is unforgiveness that you may be carrying towards that particular person. I want you to understand with this mentality, mentality, you can realize that forgiving them is actually a stepping stone for you to appreciate and experience more of God's anointing for your life. So in short, though forgiveness, forgiveness is actually impossible in human strength, but in Christ, all things are possible. Amen. Ephesians 6.12 says um, it's not for, uh, um, our war um, for our struggles not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of the dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms now this is a principle it's truth it's a principle in the heat of anger in the heat of, of frustration I may come up to you and say well just remember it's not flesh and blood you're warring with and though that is true <laughs> it's not going to mean much to you because to appreciate that it is not flesh and blood that you're warring with is a spiritual mentality. When I realized that though what took place with me happened, one of the first questions I, I thought was, if God loved me, why did it happen? If God really cared, why did it happen? And then I realized it wasn't about God caring as to why it took place, but because he cared, he gave me his son so that he gave me the ability and the life to be healed from what had happened. I realized I was changed. So the question is this, you may be wanting to forgive someone. How can I go from feeling the way I'm doing to being able to forgive? And this is a key principle. I spoke about Ephesians 6.12 because it's a principle. I want, I want you to understand that principles are great and they're instructional and directory in, in, in their essence. But a principle applied without a broken and contrite heart, a heart that thirsts for righteousness, is still operating in its own understanding. 
its own strength. You can get benefits from applying a principle, but the greatest gift is Christ himself. The reality of God's presence in your life is the greatest gift. It goes beyond simply applying the principles of the word of God. You can go to a motivational book. You can buy them on Amazon, download them on your Kindle, and they're full of biblical principles. But you don't have to be born again. You don't have to be a believer in Jesus Christ to apply them and see success and fruit. So that means by definition, there must be something greater than principles. And that which is greater than principles is the one who gave it in the first place. So, I realized to do anything correctly, like forgive, you have to know the way God wants you to do it. It's all well and good knowing the scriptures about forgiving and it, you know, guiding you to do that. Yes. But what I mean by this is you have to hear for yourself from God himself what to do. And I'm telling you, forgiveness will be your portion. You have to connect to God to hear his voice. And this is where instruction lays. The Bible says that God's word does not return void. So when you accept God's word in your heart because you're open to receive it, it can't return void because the very fact you've accepted it, it means that it has found its home for manifestation to take place. And that's really encouraging because I realized then I had the capacity to forgive anyone and anything. <laughs> it didn't matter what someone said to me. It didn't matter what someone done to me. I realized what they said and what they done was simply prayer points, reasons for me to spend time with God, to be empowered to do the right thing. Do you know that unforgiveness doesn't allow you to think right? You notice that? You do mad things. Ask many people in prison. Why did I do that? I don't know why I don't know. Unforgiveness sometimes is, is, is the answer. How interesting that righteousness, we talk about the word righteous, we've been made righteous in Christ Jesus. Our nature has changed. We have right standing with God, true. But righteousness is also the ability to do right, to think right, to say right at the right time. So that means when the mind of Christ in, is in operation in me, I have the capacity to reveal my righteousness. So I'll do right. So that means don't allow unforgiveness to stop you from realizing who Christ is in you. So be it unforgiveness, be it pains from the past, be it fear, be it whatever those things are, what God is really saying to us and what I believe he was saying to me at the time is this. Are your feelings hurt right now? Yes, they are. Did what happened to you, did it upset you? Yes, it did. But the Bible says, no matter how high sin is, grace abounds. So the question is, do you want to position yourself for the abounding grace to abound in your life? And I said, yes. When I see this particular woman, there is no feelings of animosity. I'm not trying to bite my tongue. There's no blood filling my mouth. But there's genuine love. Do I remember what she done? Yes. But this is the beauty about forgiveness at its highest level. In the face of knowing what she done, my love for her simply means more. That is freedom. And I am confident that everyone inside this room desires to operate in that life of freedom. And the irony is John 3.16, that's why he came. To give us that life of freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from hurts. Freedom from unforgiveness. Freedom from pain, frustration, fear. Everyone um, quotes that verse and, 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 and perfect love casts out all fear. 
And the reality is the fullness of God's love for you being real to you casts out all fears. So you have to ask yourself, are you going to allow forgiveness from stopping you from knowing the love of God? Are you excited enough about the love of God working in your life? I read the Amplifieds and I've got this thing about different Bible translations. Pray for me. I'm telling you, it's a big problem. Um, and um, I came across this word, blessed. And this is what it says in Amplifieds. I'm going to go to Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed, in brackets, happy, blithesome. I don't even know what that word means, but it sounds great. Joyous, spiritually prosperous with life joy and satisfaction in God's favour and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Oh my God. I encourage everyone, this is how I'm going to wrap up today's message. I encourage everyone to read the Beatitudes. And I always used to think, because I used to read in the NLT, and I've got a friend who loves reading in the NLT, and I tell her she probably shouldn't read it all the time. But anyway, let's, let's keep going. The problem with the NLT translations, it, it kind of sound, sounds like you have to do something in order to be blessed. But when you actually read the Beatitudes, because you're blessed, you will, for example, let's read it out. God, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Anyone who's mourning, because of sin, mourning because of, like when I was walking in unforgiveness, I was actually mourning. When I was in the presence of the Lord, I was, I was, I was grieving and it was mourning. I was mourning at what had been taken away from me. But I, I realized that those who, who mourn in that verse, those who, who, who thirst for righteousness, they're doing it because they're walking in the reality that they are blessed already so I thought to myself what must we do to walk in our blessings and I realized it was very simple the Beatitudes are actually quite progressive if you go from verse 3 all the way up to verse 12 it actually goes it literally goes from realize that you're born again and one of the last verses, be a peacemaker. So it goes from essentially realized through revelation to one of the last verses, be a peacemaker, which is do. And what I'm trying to say is this, there is a process in Christ. God wants us to be activated and be Christian activists. Living for righteousness, revealing righteousness, doing the right thing in love by faith. But before you can do the do, you have to believe that you are one with him, loved by him, blessed in him. And when you realize that in your secret place, you realize just how much of an answered prayer your very existence is to those who do not know the Lord. I want everyone to rise to their feet. I want to invite the, the worship team on. And Pastor Mark, just in case you have a, a word to give us. I just pray in the name of Jesus that we seek the word of God. That we allow the word of God to guide us to the depths of the spirit of God. And for the Spirit of God to reveal to us who we need to forgive, what we need to let go of. I pray that we don't try to reach a state of repentance in our own selves, in our own flesh. I don't want us to just be remorseful, but I pray that we allow the Lord himself to reveal to us the things that he wants to change in us. 
Lord, may your spirit right now touch the hearts of those who are receptive to be changed, to be conformed and transformed into a likeness of your son. I pray that no matter what pain, hurt, people are walking in right now, I pray that the the pains and the hurts that were inflicted on Jesus himself means more to us. I pray that the reality of God's word, by his stripes, we have been healed. I pray for the manifestation of the healing power of God to be upon all of our lives so we can love again so we can forgive again, so we can serve the living God again, so we can realize that his word really is true, that we are sons of God, salt of the earth, lights in the world, called into this season to be a light, which is revealing his glory, his goodness to this world, and truly showing that Christ, God himself, is alive and well in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, smile. Jesus loves you.
Everybody in the house, sing hallelujah to him. We join with the angels, we join with the angels, we join with the 